Welcome in, folks, to the Red Rock Sports Podcast, where we discuss all things Colorado River sports each and every week. I am your host, Jared All. Along with me for the ride, the obscure stat man himself, <laughs> Connor Holzkamp. How you doing today, Connor? Hey, I'm good. Glad to be here, Jared. You excited? You ready for this? This show's been a little bit of a long time coming here, man. Oh, I am pumped. Yeah. Okay. Everybody talk some Colorado sports. That's right. Producer for the show, Ryan Smith. Got everything dialed up back there, buddy? Yes, sir. Oh. How, you go, how you guys doing, fellas? I'm good. I'm really excited. It's been a it's been a weird kind of week or two for for Colorado sports. You know, the Nuggets have had a little bit of a odd period with Jamal Murray going down. And then now he got some avalanche uh, kind of. I don't want to say turmoil, but this COVID situation is is not ideal. And uh, we'll discuss that a little bit later in the show. We're gonna have our uh, hockey expert uh, Tyler Walji, who's uh, part of the Woos Media family. He's uh, involved in actually many shows for Woos Media. My favorite probably is the Sharp Angle podcast where he talks sports betting. Uh, talk to him a little bit about that today. We're going to talk some avalanche hockey with him as well. But before we get to that, we got some other sports that we need to talk first. And I want to start with those Denver Nuggets. They're 3-0 and without Jamal Murray, guys. So they obviously, are. they're way better off without him, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, a sample size, Jared. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. So we're getting a little, a little bit of a sample size. Well, like I said, they are 3-0. and That is against the Heat, the Rockets, and the Grizzlies. And uh, let's just say, I don't think they're making it to the NBA Finals this year. Uh, but Nikola Jokic put up some big-time stats in those games. He's averaging 31 points. 13 and a half rebounds, eight and a half assists in those three games. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., also a bit of an uptick in in production. So I have to ask the question, uh, when, when this all happened, I think all of us collectively as Nuggets fans really had some doom and gloom. When Jamal Murray went down, I think we all kind of just Oof. chalked this up to a lost season. Is there any more optimism, Connor, for you after seeing what you've seen from the Nuggets this past week? Uh, you know, I, I I think the Nuggets are certainly still a dangerous team. There, there's no doubt about it. When you have the the MVP of the league on your basketball team, you have a chance to win bold every game. Bold statement. That's a bold it statement, is, Cotton. Hey, it's a it's a it's an accurate statement there, Jared. Um, you know, I think when you have a player like Nikola Jokic, you can win every single game. I mean, you have a chance to win every game. Do I think the Nuggets are gonna win an NBA title this year? Unfortunately, I think the the odds tell it all. Uh, the you know FanDuel Sportsbook just had after the Jamal injury or Jamal Murray injury went from plus fourteen hundred odds to plus three thousand odds for the Nuggets to win the title. So you're looking at you know uh, according to FanDuel over twice the odds to win. So is it likely? Probably not. But the Nuggets are a dangerous team. They're going to be a tough out. Let's just sit and pray that the Nuggets do not visit a healthy L.A. Lakers team in the first round. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yes. That's all we need, right, guys? No, I, I like the way that you put that, Connor, that they're still a dangerous team. Uh, when I look up and down the, the Western Conference, I mean, it's a loaded Western Conference, as it always is. It's, it's been that way for a long time. I still think the Nuggets are the third best team in the Western Conference with the team they have now, once the rest of the Western Conference is healthy, I know I know the Lakers are kind of in this weird spot, but I still look at to me the, the the Lakers are the team to beat in the West. I think the Clippers are right there with them. I don't think the Nuggets can get through either of those teams, but I see no reason 
if the right matchup's playing and you don't end up facing a team like the Lakers in the first round, I, I, I see no reason that the Nuggets couldn't still find their way into the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, you know, I think the Nuggets have never matched up well against the Lakers. They brought in JaVel McGee, which certainly helped in terms of, you know, the Lakers love to run big. They, they sometimes will have three seven-footers out there. And when they do that, it's nice to have a little bit of deep uh, bench with, with some height to them. But I don't think we have, uh, the, the Nuggets ever matched up great with the Lakers. I think the Nuggets match up well against the Clippers. And I think that's something that you and I might disagree on a little bit. Um, I actually am more scared to be... I mean, I, I'm always nervous about playing the Lakers, as I just mentioned. But I'm a little bit nervous with Jamal Murray going down on how the Nuggets will match up with the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, and even to a certain extent, a healthy Portland Trailblazers team because the Nuggets lost some significant perimeter player. I mean, and if you look at those three teams, that's where they're coming at you from. They're coming at you from perimeter. But I still think they can defend those teams. That And that, to me, is, is the concern when you're going up against a team like the Suns, like the Trailblazers, like the Jazz. I think being able to defend their guard play, I think they can still do that. I think the Nuggets can still do that, and I think they still have the scores to go to. I, I just, I frankly, I don't see those teams as, as a t- too big of a, uh, a threat for the, the Nuggets. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, it, I, I hear what you're saying, Jared. It's um, we need to get uh, the, the Nuggets need to get Monte Morris back. All right, <laughs> there's another that we haven't even mentioned Monte Morris, but with our with uh, the Nuggets top two point guards being down right now, that is a concern to me. The Nuggets are uh, who did they just sign, Jared? Uh, was that? I was actually just going to reference that they signed Austin, Austin Rivers. Rivers. Uh, now that's, that's a ten right. day contract. He was just released. He's had his struggles, but he could shoot. Yeah, he brings some some length, some shooting, some veteran presence. He's been in 45 playoff games well, in his and, career. And his dad is a, a very decorated coach, Doc Rivers. He's been around football, or excuse me, basketball for a long time. Maybe football, too. Yeah, he's probably been around football, too. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So, no, I, I think that's an interesting signing. Uh, you know, somebody that we, we saw play last night against the Grizzlies was Shaq Harrison as well. He was getting some playing time, and he is a a long, versatile uh, defender at the guard position. He's on a two-way contract with the Nuggets. Um, I thought he had a really good game as well. So it's not that the Nuggets don't have options, right? But when you start and getting you start getting through your you know Jamal Murray, no one's going to replace Jamal Murray. It, it, then you lose your your next man up, and you're having to play Faku Campazo. Now, don't get me wrong, I like Faku Campazo. I am not a Faku Campazo hater out there, but he shouldn't be playing 30 minutes in a game. He's no Jamal Murray, that's no. for sure. Faku Campazo's role is not a 30 minute a game and, NBA and, player. And I think that's something that Malone is trying to figure out right now: is who is that guy that you can lean on for more minutes? I mean, that's a lot of minutes that you have to make up for. So, who who is that guy, or the combination of those guys to accomplish that? Well, we saw your favorite player last night, Jared, against the Grizzlies, Will Barton, go off for 28 points, played an excellent two-man game with with Joker, uh, the Joker, and really helped close that game for the Nuggets. Yeah, I, I do have to eat a little bit of that. I have been a, a Will Barton hater. I was pushing hard for them to trade Will Barton <laughs> at the deadline, and I actually thought that was going to happen when they made that, that Aaron Gordon deal. I thought it was Will Barton going out the door, and, and it wasn't. It ended up being Gary Harris, but you know what? 
I don't hate Will Barton because I don't think he's a good player. I just don't think he has any upside. He is just a – you know who he, who he reminds me of? Uh, 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 Vashon Leonard. Oh, God. Remember that guy back yep. in the day? From the, it, it was a solid shooter. But it was like he's not doing anything to develop or improve or extend his game, anything. He's just a guy, man. He's just a guy. I, I, and, I, and I feel at times, Connor, you like to lean on him like he's one of these key figures for the Nuggets. And sure, you know what? I, I, I have to continue to eat my words because he is. Well, Jared, right you, are, you are certainly not alone, all right? You look, uh, take one glance at the Twitter universe in Nuggets fandom, and you will see that every other comment about Will Barton is something along the lines of what you're saying. People do not seem to like this guy. I have never understood that viewpoint. All he has done is been a the longest tenured Nugget. Now that w- now that the Nuggets is have that even rid of an Barry. accomplishment uh, though. And, well, considering where the franchise was to where they are now, I know. Will but Barton's just because you stuck nice around piece. on the team doesn't mean you've done anything good. Yeah, you know, but especially before Will Barton got injured, he was an explosive player. He was a he was a rim finisher. He was a shooter, and I think he's getting back to a little bit of that. I understand that on this team where. The Nuggets pride themselves in their unselfishness. They, they pass the ball. The ball's flying everywhere. Everyone's cutting, moving. Sometimes it can be painfully obvious that Will Barton is a little bit of an exception to that. Okay? It can be. All right? I will give you that, Jared. Sometimes it's a little bit, and not to the same extent, but a little bit of that Carmelo Anthony game where takes the ball, give it a couple jab steps, do an ISO, and take the, take the ball and score it. Right? I get that. Yeah, and I also think that Will Barton, he's he's not going to win you games, but he's also not going to lose you games as well. Like, Except for when he won the game for us against the Memphis Grizzlies. That, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, yeah. Connor. Good Lord. Jokic has like 47 <laughs> points. It's Connor yes, saying Will Barton won the game here, okay? Speaking of which, just real quick, I wanted, wanted to add this. The uh, Nikola Jokic last night with 47 points, 15 rebounds, 8 assists was the first NBA player to put up a stat line like that since Russell Westbrook in 2017. And he's the first center to put up that stat line since um, 1996. It was Akeem Olajuwon. What did I tell you, folks? The king of obscure stats. Connor, that's why we love having <laughs> you on the show here, buddy. Hey, got to give love for the MVP, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> but the, the, the best part is, guys, and the audience obviously out there has no idea because you guys, we're not on YouTube right now. That's something we're hoping to bring on in the future here. But Connor does not have anything in front of him. I'm sitting here. I got a computer. I got an iPad. I got my phone. I got nine things ready to discuss. This is all just straight <laughs> off of Connor's brain. The, guy, the guy's like rain man over here man he just got just stats for days okay? less toothpicks <laughs> less toothpicks <Yeah. laughs> although you might I, that i could add to your look actually, I, could, I, could. I think it really could help you out here all right gentlemen we're sitting here it is april 20th uh we are nine days away from the nfl draft where our denver broncos sit with the number nine overall pick in the draft and everybody in the world is talking about they need to go up and get a quarterback. Okay? Here's the problem I have with that. The top three picks are all but guaranteed to be quarterbacks. Okay? You have the Jacksonville Jaguars picking number one, New York Jets number two, and the San Francisco 49ers traded a whole heck of a lot to get up there to number three. One has to think those are all going quarterbacks. What order that is and, and, and should be is to be debated, but everybody keeps talking about the Broncos should 
get up to four. You got to get up to four to get that next quarterback. And I, I, I want to just throw around the table here that question. Should the Broncos go up to four knowing you are almost certainly taking the fourth quarterback that comes off the board? <clears throat> Excuse me, Jared. Uh, <laughs> I know. It, it, it chokes me up sometimes, too. Yes, it's yes. emotional. You know, the way I would answer that question is I would have to say if the Broncos feel strongly that one guy that they particularly like, their scouting department has went after, they really like a guy, he's their guy. So let's say that's a Justin Fields. If the Broncos really love Justin Fields and they have a really strong feeling based off of their research that he is going to actually be See, there. But how do you know that? That's where I, that, I have to stop you there because that's what keeps killing me. People are like, oh, well, it's it's probably... Okay, we can all pretty much say, I think number one overall is going to be Trevor Lawrence. I think that's where the Jags are going. Probably. But did anybody see Baker Mayfield going number, number one overall a few years ago? No. Nobody had that happening. How do you know Justin Fields isn't that pick? Well, it, if that's the case, then Trevor Lawrence is going number two, and then and then the Broncos so, could possibly. So be, you're telling me you have to love four guys? Well, I, I think you could maybe. So actually, what I was trying to get at was, I think you could maybe narrow it down to a couple. If there is a couple, like let's let's call it two quarterbacks that you really like, you think are going to be great, and you think there's a good chance that at least one of them is going to be there. I think you make that move because the quarterback in the NFL, as we all know is arguably the most important position in all of professional sports. I think that you almost need a quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And if the Broncos can get their guy at four, I say go for it. Trade the house. See, I I have a problem with the idea that you got to have, okay, well, as long as you have two or three guys you like. And to me, that's that's poor scouting. If you have two or three guys you like, that tells me you have not scouted these guys. Exactly, exactly. And so, in my mind, there's only one way it even makes sense to trade up to that fourth overall pick. And I'll tell you right now, it's going to cost you a lot more than it would today, right now. And that's I would only trade up to that fourth pick after picks one, two, and three have been put yeah, on their that, cards. That can make sense. Once those three names are out there, if my guy is still there. There's no price I wouldn't I wouldn't pay okay, because yeah. I agree with you. You have to make that pick, and, and 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 I'll throw this scenario out to you. I'm just I'm just spitballing. I don't I don't look at any of these calculators of what it takes to go from nine to four and this that and the other. I'm gonna throw out the scenario if you if the Broncos had to trade three first round picks, 2021, 22, and 23. No, throw in a few other picks along the way. No, Ryan is so definitive. He says no. I couldn't even get it out. He says no. Absolutely. What say you? You say absolutely. Absolutely. If if the situation arises like you say, where your quarterback is available at four, there is no price that is too much for a all star for a Pro Bowl level quarterback that you can get it for. If you think that you can get that for a five and eleven team, that's much more. Oh, absolutely. But no, away? I, no, they are not more so than the quarterback. I would be away. more Come willing. On, they I, are not. I would be more willing to trade three first round picks than to trade my entire draft this year. Okay? Because guess what? Look at the Broncos first round picks. Ain't none of them are are are, are 
blowing you away. I mean, yes, there's some very talented players. The Bradley Chubbs of the world. Those are Elway days, dude. Okay, look at the Seahawks. Look at the Patriots. Look at great teams. They aren't built in the first round. They're built rounds three through seven. Correct. You keep those picks. You make sure you maximize those picks. If I got to give up three years of first round, one pick each of the next three years. Look at this. Are we agreeing on something? I know, it's kind of scary. Is, I know. Should I just take the other side just to... I think you know the topic you can bring up that, that will we'll just oh, get I us know, get I know, us but off. I'm not going to go there right now. What I will do... <laughs> yes, Jared w- seems to think that you don't need a quarterback to win an NFL Super Bowl. We will have that conversation on another day. It'll be great for all you <laughs> listeners well, out there. Uh, yeah, we, we, will, we will bring that up. We did not have time in our show today because that is going to have to be like a full show oh, yes. devoted to that. We're bringing Con- out our boxing Connor clothes. and I have had to get like put into corners over mm-hmm. this discussion, okay? Yep. Uh, <laughs> let, let me ask you this, Jared. Here, here's a question for you. So you say you would move up to four if the Broncos have a guy there that's available that they want, they think is their guy for you. Who is that guy? So in my mind, if I'm a scout for the Denver Broncos, Trevor Lawrence off the board, okay? He is my number one guy. He is clear cut ahead of everyone else in this class, the number one guy, okay? My number two guy who I think will be there at four based on everything you're hearing, which let's be honest, folks, it's a bunch of BS out there. Everything you're hearing is smoke screens. They want you to believe a certain thing. It it may not be. I think the number two guy clearly in this class is Justin Fields. I think he is head and shoulders above Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, who I kind of put as like a 3A, 3B. I think those two guys, and and the reason I, I like Justin Fields so much more than those two other quarterbacks is he's been a superstar since before he stepped foot on a college football field. He has two years of starting experience in a big program, playing in big games where he rose to the occasion. I think he is a great athlete. I think he can do all the things you want him to do as a quarterback. And I think he has the experience to step right on the field and the leadership. Yeah. Paxton Lynch (laughs) playing for Memphis in that joke of an offense. I know. I'm giving you You said Uh, athlete, so I had to. Yes. You know, it's like Vance Joseph. And and that's the reality, guys. All of these, all five of these quarterbacks that are being talked about in the first round, which I didn't get to Mac Jones, by the way. I actually don't even have him as a first-round quarterback. I, I don't get the talk. I don't get why everyone is so high on Mac Jones. I, I don't see a guy that is higher than the caliber of Drew Locke. I, I think that's the type of caliber quarterback you're getting. A guy that can be a starter, I just don't see him being a star in the league. I, I think he's just a guy. So just to let you guys know, according to CBS Sports, I have their uh, their mock draft up, and uh, Mac Jones is going uh, number three overall to San Francisco 49ers. His prospect rank is 22, and his position rank alone is fifth, and they have him going as three. And that's why I could agree with you, Jared, in the fact that I could see Justin Fields going three to the Niners, especially with Kyle Shanahan there. Uh, could you imagine him in that offense? I, I think it would be disgusting, to be honest with you. But I just don't see – I mean, Mac Jones, like, yeah, he's a pro-style quarterback, but I just don't think that they're going to take that kind of a flyer on, especially after trading as much as they did to get to number and, three. And you know who makes me really – think Mac Jones is not going to be a star to a tongue of Iola okay because everybody 
all through his days at Alabama was just talking about the superstar that he was. And sure, he did have a bad injury that he was just coming back from last year. So I don't think we saw 100% of Tua well, last all year. You, all you need to know is he's a lefty. I know. You know, you, right? uh, you're a lefty, right? I sure So am. I'm a lefty too. We're, we're a bunch Wait, of lefties over here. hold on. Ryan's the only normal person here? Yeah, I'm finally the minority. Oh, man. <laughs> Get out of here, you righty. Oh, man. <laughs> no. Okay, but Connor, I have to ask you this. Doesn't it, even being a left-handed person... Isn't it weird watching a left-handed quarterback throw the ball? Oh, yeah. It looks so funny Especially if that quarterback's name is Tim Tebow. <laughs> okay, but that <laughs> delivery, man, even in baseball, that was a long oh, delivery. Oh, God, okay? yeah, that was something. Um, but, no, you know, I, I, to your point, Jared, uh, when is the la- what, what's the best quarterback that's ever been taken out of Alabama? Is it is it Tua? Is Tua arguably the I best mean, quarterback? You can't say that on a guy that's played all of like nine games or whatever he played last year. But who do we got? Maybe Ryan can look up the Alabama quarterbacks for us while we're talking. I, 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 I for some reason I'm thinking there was a quarterback back in the day, like before before Didn't Brad our Johnson time. go to Alabama. No, um, I mean I uh, the one that comes to, to mind for Probably me is AJ McCarron. But I mean that's a that's a career backup right there. I mean he I don't think he ever started a full season, so I, I can't go there. But but just to touch back on Tua though, I, I think everybody turns so quickly on him because what you're seeing is a guy that doesn't wasn't asked to do a whole lot at Alabama. I think you had the most talented receiving core in the, the nation. You had one of the best defenses in the nation. And sure, I know what everyone out there is going. Yeah, so did Justin Fields with Ohio State. But I think when you watch him play, I think the narrative that he can't, that Justin Fields can't get through his reads, can't do that, it's garbage. He's actually one of the best, if not the best, out of these five quarterbacks in his ability to get to his second and third read, his Completion percentage downfield was among the best of anyone out there. I just see, I just see a winner. I see a leader. I see a guy that I think can absolutely turn around this Broncos organization in a two to three year span. And I, I think that's what I we're see looking a winner. At. I see a winner in him too. I see somebody. I mean, you go look in, you know, the national championship game. He what cracks a rib basically i mean he gets a, he's pretty hurt right and he's playing through it he is gutting it out he's giving it his and, all and also he did not have actually i'm sorry that was the big 10 championship game where he had oh, a lot was. of his uh starters uh, on the offensive right. side out because right, right, of covid right. tracing yeah so this is uh according to bleacher report their best uh nfl quarterbacks that went to uh, alabama you got pat trammell harry gilmer mm. steve sloan jeff mm. rutledge greg mcelroy Ooh. richard todd stedman Sheely, and walter lewis I don't stop know me when it. you uh say somebody <laughs> that i've ever heard of uh <laughs> there you go so you know you know something that i think goes with it's going to be with this you know similar i bet you you're going to get a similar list if you go look at ohio state something that i think is interesting when you look at these huge schools right it's sometimes really difficult to actually evaluate the quarterback play. And so something that you said earlier caught my eye. You said that Justin Fields has always been a star, right? He's been a star since the moment he started playing football at every level. He's just been a star. He goes, and I have heard that argument before. I will counter you with saying, doesn't that make it all that much murkier and harder to tell? Because if you are that level of a star, you are that good your whole life. You are always playing on the best teams. You're playing on the best junior teams, the best high school teams, the best college teams. And you always have the best offensive line in front of you. You have the best wide receivers around you. 
doesn't that make it difficult to evaluate a quarterback, um, especially when you've just you're always around the best players? Y- absolutely, I think that's the hardest thing for these these NFL uh, GMs and executives to evaluate when when you're looking at these teams. I mean, let's just go down the list here: Trevor Lawrence, Clemson. Come on, you know, Justin Fields, Ohio State. I mean, you know, even Zach Wilson playing at BYU, I know that that's not on the same caliber, but Mm-mm. the within the conferences he's playing, BYU, I mean, that was like a top 10 team at, at certain points this year. Trey Lance, the best in the, the is that is that Division 2 or Division 1A or whatever that, they, call, they call it anymore, you know? These are all yeah, guys that have been 1A, the star, you know? And, and then obviously Mac Jones with Alabama. So I, I don't think you can single any one guy out out for that I think what it what you have to do as an executive as, as a GM in the NFL you have to evaluate how hard is that guy willing to work to still be the best how bad does he want to be the best or has he been happy to just come in and accept that he was the best and and not try to improve is this the type of guy I think Paxton Lynch is a great example of that here in Denver where that was a guy that he didn't want to be the best he just happened to be the best on his team in college. So I, I think that that's something you really have to evaluate. I don't think there's any of these guys that I can knock to say, I don't think they're going to work hard and, and give everything they can no, in, in order to, to be the very best that they can be. I just like the upside of Justin Fields. I think he's a guy that can come in and be a day one starter. That's not something I can say about all of these guys. But I also think among all of the quarterbacks, I actually believe Justin Fields has the most upside, even beyond Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so uh, I'll 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 say that um, as far as the Broncos goes, and let's kind of you know bring this back into the Broncos is um, Justin Fields is my number one pick. If they can get him, get him. Trade up to four, whatever you can do to get him. If he's there, three go first get him. round picks. Sure. Oh, ho, ho. sure. Ryan's you, you, changing his mind. You, you, okay. you, you talk Knuckles, me into baby. it. However, however, I will say that since it's George Payton's first year as, as general manager, I think that what's going on here is he's going to build the roster in other positions. He's not going to give up those, those uh, draft picks to go get a quarterback when – I think Fangio, Shermer, the whole coaching staff is done after this year. And, and that regardless. actually is a really good point, Ryan. Is that something that uh, Peyton should be considering? I mean, he didn't pick Fangio as his coach. He had him fall on his lap. I think out of respect to Fangio, to these players, to the organization who has just spit through coaches in the last five or six years, I think he wanted to try to get some continuity. He wanted to try to build around that. I think that's obvious in some of the free agent moves that he's made, bringing in defensive players that fit into Fangio's system, Um, guys that have played for Fangio in the past even. But you're not married to him, and do you want to hitch this young quarterback to that situation? I, I got to be honest. I'm kind of siding with Ryan here that I'd almost rather not see them do that. Now, if, if Fields is there, you do it. If, if Lawrence is there, you do it. And I know I'm that guy that just said if you have two quarterbacks scouting that you like, you don't have one, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence. Well, hey, it's, 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 football, Jesus, man. Just, I mean, you know. I know that you said that, but at the same time, obviously we can all agree that there are drafts where multiple quarterbacks in yeah. the first round to pan out. I mean, yeah. it's just the way it is. Look at look at um, you know, uh, the the Josh Allen draft. You you have a couple quarterbacks from those five. You have a few. Yeah. You have Lamar I, I Jackson. Was just you say, have Josh Allen. There's five of them, and right now you got Josh Rosen. I don't know if he's even in the league right now. I Baker know. Mayfield has been 
Good, a solid. I think he's been solid. So he's taken I don't think the you playoffs. take him as the number one pick. He went to Cleveland, so you got to cut him a little slack. True. This is also true. <laughs> um, you got Josh Allen, obviously is a star. Um, I actually think he's the best quarterback that came out of that class. Lamar Jackson um, is very good. And really good. who am I missing? Oh, Sam Darnold, who... I don't think his story is fully written yet. I don't know that he's going to be a superstar in this league. But, but regardless, I'm that's three out of the five quarterbacks that are yeah. working out. So you it's know what? I reject percentage. a little bit of your premise that if you have two that you like, you don't have any that you like because you really could just have two that scout out really high for you. So. Well, and, and speaking specifically for the Broncos, I think that um, you don't have the quarterback of the future on your roster, and I don't think it's in this draft either because I think not only are the coaches going to be changed over, but I think uh, you're going to have a whole slew of quarterbacks next year. I mean, look at look at how this year panned out. Um, you, you know, it, it, was, it was Trevor Lawrence. Zach Wilson was like a second-round pick when – the college football season ended, and then all of a sudden he had a pro day. Joe Burrow wasn't even on people's well, radar until he was the number one overall And pick. we can d- discuss this a different day, too, but the fact that we didn't have a combine, think of how many players go that are either National booms, underwear day. booms or busts yes. based on the combine, and all they had was pro days. It's not even nationally televised. It, it I mean, there's a lot of things that, that have gone on this year that – you, you just don't know. You know. I think the underwear day is overrated, though. Can, I we, say. can we touch on that, though, real quick? Okay, two things. First of all, you're right, it's overrated, but I'm that sicko that, like, I actually enjoy watching the combine. I think it is so entertaining to watch. There's some nuances you can pick up. Don't look at the numbers. If you're a scout, if you're out there, if you enjoy following the NFL draft process, it's one of my favorite parts of, of, of that transition from college to the NFL. I love college football. I love NFL. I think it's a great thing. I love watching the combine. There's a lot of nuances you can pick up. There's a lot of guys where you can tell how uncomfortable they are in doing things that they're not used to doing. Quarterbacks, not used to dropping back. You know, guys that aren't used right. to actually putting the ball where it's supposed to be. You can see that on out routes where they're they're hitting it behind them instead of ahead of them. You throw it behind a receiver on an out route in the NFL, that's a pick six every single time. You know, those are the types of nuances that you can pick up. But Ryan, you referenced the uh, the the twenty twenty two quarterback class, and geez, I'm just trying to find it here to see uh, some of the uh, uh, quarterbacks. There, there's quite a class coming out next year here, and I, I'm pulling it up here as we speak. Sam Howell is kind of the headliner in that twenty twenty two class. He's out of North Carolina. He's had a couple of great seasons there with uh, Mac Brown. But the thing is, if you're the Broncos, you are you are planning on the fact that you will not be this high again in the draft or at least not next year but it doesn't matter because you're going to be trading up anyways this year it's not like you're just sitting tight at nine getting the the, the quarterback that you want well no, i'd ask you no, are, are you are you a broncos fan thinking you're not going to be this high or are you george payton no i think you're george you're gonna, payton do you? i think you're george payton and you're, I think, you're, I, you're I, assuming I, that I, you're going to improve on the five okay, and 11 but if record. you're if you're sitting there at pick 17 versus pick nine how gonna, much a more? lot more a lot more are we talking another first round pick we're well, talking you, more you, than that maybe you you get capital, and then you can huge. Bu- build in other positions. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm just saying that that you are you are like Jared said. I I think if you're George Payton, you're assuming that you are not going to be inside the top ten at all. You're going to be somewhere in that 13 okay. to 18 range, okay. which is going to cost you a lot more to move up in 2022 draft and grab a quarterback. Okay, I so, think if so, your guys there, you got to. Ta- I, I don't think I don't think as a GM. 
you're really looking all that much into 2022. I mean, you're not you're not saying like we're going to pass on this quarterback and well, go I to guess 2020. The, point, the point that I'm making with that is it's every year, guys. Every well, year there I'm are saying. three to five star well, quarterbacks. And and if I was George Payton, what I would be doing is I'd be honestly and and as a fan, what I would like to see the Broncos do is is trade back from nine and take position players build capital for the next year and if i'm george payton i'm thinking yeah we're probably only the broncos are probably going to win only five or six games next year because that's the way it's looking is that is that where we think we are he's got a burn year man he just signed well, a six-year sure. contract sure he could be but do you look well, at why this not roster? but do you look why at not this build roster? it why, why not build it under his own name i jared i don't i to I don't look at this roster and see a five-win team. I, I don't I, I either. Don't. And, I don't. And maybe that's my forever optimism when it comes to the Broncos. I think this is a team that I, I don't think they're going anywhere in the Do playoffs. we think more than eight? I think eight's, I think, eight, I think eight's a good over-under. Yeah. Okay. I, I would go I th- over I think eight. I think Vegas had them at seven and a half. I'd so. go over eight. Yeah, I, I, I would. Not much. I'm thinking a, a nine and eight. It's so weird to say a nine and eight season. I, I think we are just <laughs> above. 17 games. I, I think the Broncos can be just above 500. I think they dance right around that number somewhere. But I don't. I, I see a team when I look at them over the last two to three years, they have drafted well. I know, I know you criticize Elway, and I, I think justifiably so. Over the years, he has not drafted very well, but I think he has taken a step back. I think that's been a part of his process over the last two or three years. I think that was a, a big reason why he transitioned to George Payton coming in as the GM because I think he saw, you know what? I'm not as good at this as I think that I am. I think he had a little bit of cachet early on in the process. He got Peyton Manning to come. I think he underrated how much Peyton Manning being here is what allowed him to bring all those other guys here. Right. Yeah, it's never been about drafts with John Elway. It was always about free agent signings. And and then you look at the the the, the Bradley Chubbs, the Cortland Suttons. You know, I I I I'd even uh, argue that uh, uh what's his face, the left tackle was a, a solid. Bowles Reisner. Right. I mean, they've drafted well. They've drafted leaders they've drafted veterans they've drafted good character guys and i think it's paying off for them i think we start to see the success from the broncos this year. hey you're still in a division with the chiefs i think you're, you're in a division with the chargers who like i'm going to continue and just like keep betting on them to make that jump because year after year they look like a team that's ready to do that i think justin herbert takes them there this year I think you still may end up the third team in this division, but I think the Broncos are going to be competitive. I could barely watch them last year. I, I, I kid you not. The number of times I, I just flipped it off and switched over to the red zone, I couldn't even do it. It was awful to watch the Broncos last year. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a been a rough couple of years to be a Broncos fan, that's for sure. We feel your pain. Can, can you <laughs> guess the, uh, the most obscure starting quarterback from last year's season? The most obscure starting quarterback. Well, are we calling Philip Lindsay the starting quarterback? There you go. You got okay. it. Because uh-huh. he took the snap. He lined up. What wh- was that though? Why not? They they bring Ken- up, Kendall Hinton. Yeah, they bring in Kendall Hinton. They Kendall say, "Hey, Hinton. we're gonna throw you to the wolves. We're gonna let you be quarterback." And then but they, you don't they, get the start. They no, start no, no, the Wildcat. <laughs> like, come on. Let then the kid what, get did, a start. did he get like one completed pass in the game? Uh, I think it was. It I think was, I think it was something it was bad. It was it was ugly. That's for sure. It was terrifically awful. I did see that. Like he's got some. Something dedicated to him now in the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, um, I mean, cool. Good for him that, like, he stepped in in that moment and did something that, like... Well, what a weird situation, right? I mean, will we ever see a situation again where an NFL team 
does not have a starting quarterback. No, no, we will never see that scenario. <laughs> don't even not have unless those. not unless COVID uh, kicks back up again <laughs> so, this fall. That is the only way that this happened. That, that that's literally like having a, a like a brain surgeon having COVID and then just like, hey Connor, you want to step in here? Let's, and, let's go. So, somehow the Steelers <laughs> were able to get like three games pushed for them, but uh, the Broncos couldn't get the same that's love. Neither here nor there. <laughs> Moving on to another team that oh has had a rough stretch here oh don't say it <laughs> the colorado rockies uh, it's been rated Lord. r for rough <laughs> okay but guys I'm... so i gotta throw a scenario out here for you okay the very worst season the colorado rockies have ever produced was back in 2014 they went 66 and 96 i am going to throw the over under for the season at 100 losses would be a record for the Rockies. There's only been a handful of the teams in the MLB to ever do that. And I will tell you right now, I am a hard over on that over under. Connor, Ryan, you guys jumping on with me over 100 losses? Whew, that would be something. Um, oh, I am. I, I, let me stop you real quick, by the way. At 4-12, and 12, I get it, guys. It's a 16-game sample. This is nothing. They're on pace for over 121 losses. Oh, uh, that would be incredible. <laughs> uh, I do not think that the, the Rockies are going to Still be the... Still the, 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 You know, it's not faith. It is... Uh, 100 games is a lot of games, all right? I think that's a pretty good over-under at this point. I'm going to take the under... Call me biased, you know. Ah, man, I've been a Rockies fan since I was in diapers, right? I mean, Rockies have been my team, and it is a travesty where we're at right now um, as Rockies fans. But the 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 Rockies. It's, it's too I, bad, Connor, that you aren't actually on the payroll because uh, uh, Lord knows Dick Mumford likes to keep paying these guys. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, you know, the Rockies trade away their their obviously as everybody knows, the Rockies trade away their best player that's ever played for the franchise for basically a, a soda machine and a bag of chips. Um, you know, they, they traded, got, they didn't even get, they traded Nolan Arenado away They to the Cardinals. They didn't even get back any of the Cardinals' top 10 prospects. And nobody that was like top 100 in the league, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah, no, certainly not. Uh, certainly not. If they're not the top 10 prospects for any individual, it would be shocking if a team had even like six that are in the top 100. Like that would be a that would so no they got nothing back and not only that, but wait for it, <laughs> Dick Monford also decided to trade fifty million dollars over to the St. Louis Cardinals for the pleasure of employing our franchise player, including all thirty-five million of Nolan Arenado's, Nolan Arenado's contract this year. So. <laughs> Yes, it's no good. It is no good, Ryan. Um, so, you know, I thought uh, we, we, we here at Red Rock Sports thought it would be interesting, uh, would be maybe the right choice of words, to track as we go along the season just how many dollars uh, the Rockies have given the St. Louis Cardinals at this point in time to employ the best franchise player the Rockies have ever had. And... The title could be pending, but as of right now, we are going to call it Dick's Dollars. You like that? I like that a you lot, like, actually. Like, uh, oh, I could have some fun with that one, Connor. Uh, yeah. You know, we we here, we just like to rub some salt on our open wounds and just make them really eat at you here. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, so a, as the first installment of Dick's Dollars, 
Uh, we have gone through 17 games in the, in the regular season. As of tonight, Jared, the Colorado Rockies have paid $3,672,839.51 to the St. Louis Cardinals for employing our franchise player. Round of applause, everybody. Yeah. Woohoo! That's, r- that's roughly the payroll of uh, eight of the nine starting guys. On our <laughs> right, yeah. that, is, uh, that is something, right? I so. wonder, and that's something we'll have to look up for next week's show. How many teams are the Rockies going to like outdo their payroll over <laughs> the course of this contract? <laughs> right. Well, I, I would think the answer would be zero. Baseball payrolls are astronomically right. high. It is insane. Um, but with that said, I, you know, there, there we go. So there's our first installment for all you listeners out there of Dick's Dollars, and uh, that number again, $3,672,839.51 thus far. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Dick Monford. On behalf of all Rockies fans, we appreciate it. And, And you know what, Connor? You know what Dick Monford's doing right now? He is sitting back and laughing at all you guys because guess what? He's going to make 20 times that come All-Star break when he's got a sold-out stadium and everybody around the country is tuning in to the Rocky Stadium at Coors Field. I mean, it's insane. He's sitting back and laughing. He is winning this game as dumb of decisions as he makes. He still wins. He's still winning. You are correct. Absolutely. And it doesn't matter. People will still show up to the ballpark. That is what we do in... uh Colorado, but if you believe, so take this with a grain of salt, but I was having a conversation with somebody that actually works in the accounting office for the Rockies and take it with a grain of salt because he is not the end all be all of all the Rockies finances. But he was telling me that last year with the COVID, uh, the Rockies lost a very significant amount of money and they are expecting to break even this season. So (laughs) take it for what it's worth. Take it with a grain of salt, whatever, what have you. But um, I understand Look, the Rockies are a mid-market team. I understand that, especially in a sport like baseball. That is tough, man. That is tough when you have the top five, six, seven payrolls just absolutely smashing through anything the Rockies could afford. And then you get COVID, comes in, makes a big mess of things. You know, Rockies are not making what they're accustomed to making. I get it. Okay. I get it. Oh, boo. But you know what? I cannot excuse this trade. I can't. I just can't do it, Jared. I cannot. There's nothing I can do that defends this trade. There's nothing I could say. This is not the first terrible trade the Broncos, or excuse me, the Rockies have made. I mean, you go back to the Tulowitzki trade. I don't think a single guy that they got for Troy Tulowitzki is on their major league roster. But then again, Troy Tulowitzki never had another great season after that. So it it is something to to consider, too. Okay. Okay. Really quick, because I know we're trying to to move on here. Uh, I just want to get back to your your hundred wins thing. Yes, um, I never actually. I never actually responded to your to your hundred. Sorry, wins, it so was easily I, distracted, guys. <laughs> it is. I know it's uh, the Nolan Arenado. It just hurts our hearts. Um, really. So one hundred losses. So I'm going to take under. I am going to take the under on a hundred losses. And the reason why it has nothing to do with I think this is a good Rockies team. I do not think that they are going to be probably in the 90s of losses. That that is where I'm going to peg them at. But in baseball, pitching is supreme. Pitching reigns king. Right? You could have the best staff in the league and the absolute worst hitting staff in the league, and you are not going to lose anywhere near 100 games. Now, the Rockies do not have the best pitching Thank staff. Thank you for in the clarifying. League. Thank you for clarifying. They do not have it, but <laughs> but 
these arms in the Rockies rotation are pretty solid. Uh, Herman Marquez is is a solid ace of a rotation. He absolutely belongs in the number one or two conversation on very many MLB teams. He is a he is a top of the rotation big time arm. John Gray who has seemingly put some of those yips behind him, right? We, we would see for years where John Gray would pitch this great game through four innings, and then he would just implode yeah. like a black hole. It was every year. Is this the right? year he's going to take but, the jump? But the last couple of years, John Gray has seemingly put that behind him. Uh, I think John Gray is pitching tonight, yes. and, I, and I'm excited to, to watch him. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think he's a, he's a good arm. Uh, Kyle Freeland is out for this first month of the season. Now, he's more of a finesse guy. He's not going to burn you away with any pitches, but he is a solid arm, too. Sensatella, not a bad arm. So I think this Rockies pitching staff, which I pen as one of the better pitching staffs the Rockies have ever had, which is so sad. It is so <laughs> sad <clears throat> that we are wasting away the, the the Rockies are wasting away the years of their best pitching staff. But be it as it may, they are doing that. Uh, I put them at under 100 wins because of the pitching staff and no other reason. And that's probably what is like the most frustrating thing for me is because that's what has always held the the Rockies back is that they don't have that pitching staff. They could always hit the ball a mile. They could put up runs. And then and then they just could never hold anyone. Now you actually have a legitimate staff. You're seeing a completely different yes, Rockies you, team. Yes, you've, you've put money into the bullpen, and I know that that hasn't paid off, but I, I think that is still the right thing to do, to keep feeding money into this bullpen, to try to solidify the back end. I think that's still a, a weak area. If, uh, if we want to talk this this, uh, this pitching staff, the bullpen is certainly your weak area. But to, to, to let yourself down... At Coors Field, not being able to put up runs, it's embarrassing. It's an absolute joke here. But before we get off of this Rockies topic, there's more, folks. We're not done yet. But wait, <laughs> there's more. Uh, we have a little something uh, extra for you to, to, to lift the spirits a little bit. So right. uh, We're going to reminisce back to some good old days, right, Ryan? Is that what we're doing here? Ryan's got some trivia for us that Connor and I have no idea where this is going to go. No, no, um, so I do know gonna... I'm going to end up beating you, though. Okay, see, this is, this is why we had to do this, because I had to see i gotta gauge myself and if i can keep up with connor here so ryan i turn the reins over to you run us through some trivia my friend all right here boys here we go with some uh, rockies trivia all right first question the colorado rockies played their first game in history of their franchise on april 5th 1993 did the rockies win that game yes Dirt. Oh, do I get a chance to answer too? Yeah, I thought he beat do. me to it. Yeah, absolutely. They did not. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. They lost their inaugural game. Sorry, fellas. That is rough. Was that against the... Uh, Over one vote. Who was that against? Oh, I see. Look, we're coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Which of the following feats did the Rocky shortstop Troy Tulowitzki accomplish in one game in April of 2007 season? If you need uh, the multiple choice answers, I can give them to you. Yeah, we're going to need that. Yeah, I think so. All right. Did he, A, hit two grand slams in one game, B, an unassisted triple play, C, hit for the cycle, or D, stole home twice in one game. I'm going unassisted. B. Unassisted triple play. That is correct. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, man. Okay, we'll go even on that oh, one. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. All right, you're both one and one. All right, next question. The 1999 MLB season's opening day was on April 4th, 1999. 
The Rockies were facing the San Diego Padres on opening day. Ooh. What was unique about this game? I can give you the the uh, choices if you want. You, you got anything there, Connor? I, I'm going to need some help. Uh, was it played in a football stadium? You're on the right track. Hmm. Hmm. All right, give us some multiple choice here. All right, it was snowing during the game. Rain caused the game to end in the seventh inning. It was the first time the Rockies ever played the Padres, or it was played in Mexico. Ooh. I'm going to go play it in Mexico yeah. because of your hint you gave us yeah. just now. Yeah, there you go. It was played in Mexico. All right, Connor, I will concede, and I will give you that victory on that one, okay? <laughs> you, right. guys won't need, uh, you guys won't need uh, choices for this one. Uh, in 2010 season, a Rockies pitcher threw the first no-hitter in Colorado Rockies franchise history. Who balled Who the threw Jimenez. that no-hitter? There you go. Boom. Beat you to it. I'm going to give Connor the win because he, he threw it out there. I couldn't even hear the question yet, and this guy's Sorry. got the answer Sorry. spit out just I like know. that. No, I hey, kudos to you, man. I get Ubaldo Jimenez, man. Whew, that was a quick one. Um, okay, funny personal story for me. That was the one and only time in my life that I was arrested and spent the night in jail. And I remember I was that, there. that happened because <laughs> we were sitting at the bar. We're watching yep. Ubaldo Jimenez pitch, and we kept buying shots for everyone at the bar, and then they'd buy a shot for us. It got out of hand. God, don't do that. Folks at home. Don't do that. That was okay. actually at an OAR concert in Boulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, don't get arrested in Boulder because then you have to go back and do your community service. In Boulder. In Boulder. That's well, a fun drive every Saturday. I think two-thirds of the uh, All Brothers got uh, arrested that night or at least thrown out of the concert. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? I wasn't going to throw the brothers under the bus, but uh, we may have a problem. Oh, I will. We need to address here. Uh, hey, but hey, that was what? Now, uh, 10 years ago almost? Yeah. I mean, hey, this so is you a might have actually, run. you might have actually gotten that question had you heard the whole answer. <laughs> maybe. Or, I, or, maybe, or maybe you wouldn't remember the yeah, answer to I, that question. I, 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 <laughs> Is is more accurate? It's probably right. This is probably all right. right. <laughs> okay, Ryan, that was good. I, I think now we all have a little bit more of a positive feeling coming away from this uh, Rockies conversation. Yeah, back to the good old days. Back you know? to the good old days. Although, were there ever really any? Good hey, you old know, days? we had the Blake Street Bombers. There were good enough. Larry Walker. Honestly, Larry Walker. if you look back at the best, the most successful seasons in Rockies history, they're all pretty much flukes. They went on like crazy yeah. twenty-game winning streaks, or like eighteen out of twenty, or something like that. Hey, that two thousand seven season was, that was magical. Awesome. But that's right. exactly awesome. what they did. They won like they, they won was. like twenty. And I was in the stands for every game. or something so crazy great. like that. Well, you know what? So uh, with stuff uh, my dreams are made of with Vinny Castilla, Dante. Bichette and Larry Walker. They used to be called the Blake Street Bombers. This year they're called the Blake Street Bummers. Oh, sure. oh yeah. Good wow, one, look good at that one. one. All, right. <laughs> All right. Let's get to some abs. Yeah, let's get off of that. Without further ado, we're going to bring in our hockey expert and all-around betting pro, Tyler Walgie. Welcome into the show, Tyler. Thanks for joining us here today, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, did I hear you talking about getting arrested when I came in here? <laughs> what? What, what? No. That was alleged. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. No. Um, actually, that one is on the permanent record, Connor. It's officially there. Mm. Oh my God. I mean, first show. That's 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 letting the audience know who you are for a show. Yeah, I think that's something that the audience is going to learn about me quickly. Like, there, I, I have no taboos. Like, there's no conversation I won't have, and and nothing I'm not willing to share about myself. That's all so, right. so everybody here, hold me back, please, because I'm going to say some things I probably shouldn't. 
Well, there you go. I mean, I came down. And, I heard you talking about. That. I'm going. Okay, are we talking abs? Or are we telling and, stories here? And now I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking. I've over, got a lot of them. If, if we want to go back in the vault, <laughs> I'm looking over at the bosses here, and they're giving me looks like, dude, <laughs> stop now, stop uh, now. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Thanks for having me on the first show. You guys' first podcast. Uh, it's it's exciting to get uh, to get this going. So thanks for having me on the first show. Yeah, and Tyler, you and I do a couple of shows together. You're you're a big big integral part of the Woos Media team. And for those people out there who don't know what Woos Media is or who Woos Media is, Woos Media has a, a, a whole list of podcasts focused around sports, anything from college football. Uh, Tyler and I do a show that's actually CU bus football related. And then Tyler, my favorite show of yours that I listen to each and every day because it's the only thing that keeps me from making terrible bets is the sharp <laughs> angle podcast you still make terrible bets yeah, you don't listen right. to you're advice right. what are you're you talking and then, about and then i yell at tyler every time he gives me one bad pick and he's like yeah did you pick the other nine good ones that i gave out <laughs> it's so funny because obviously for those who don't know yeah i uh i'm a professional better it's what i it's what i do every week it's how i make my living and i do a podcast every single day the sharp angle podcast i just like to talk a little bit about uh how to approach betting, how to look at it from different points of view. We talk different sports, different days, so it's just fun. And there's so much bad information out there for sports betting that I try and be one of the the few voices that's getting good info, just trying to help people make better bets one one you know one day at a time. So it's fun. I uh, I love what I do. And just real know. quick, one thing I like about the Sharp Angle podcast, I appreciate how it's it's not just like, hey, here's the picks. You know what I mean? Right, it's, right. it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of really you, you really take an effort to teach the audience some some best practices and some information that's like, hey, this is how you can get to where you want to get to with, yeah, with sports sure. betting. I, I just like that. I well, appreciate the whole that thing take. about about picks. You know, there's a lot of people out there who give picks, but honestly, it's it's so easy to fall in these traps because really, it's not hard to go eight and zero. And it's really not hard to go 0 and 8. Anyone can do it. We did an experiment last year on the show where my dog, Layla, would make picks by selecting one of two tennis balls. Oh. <laughs> and she had several 8 and 2 runs over 10 games, right? That doesn't right. mean we're going to suddenly create a Twitter account and start selling picks like Although, a lot of these people do. Although there may be a market for that. <laughs> hey, media. Jump picks on that one. <laughs> so when it comes to sports betting, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of bad info. And what I like to do is, like you said, Connor, teach people how to go about the process, teach people how to fish. We give picks out occasionally, but check it out. Sharp Angle Podcast every day. And like you said, you're part of the Woos Media family. And and on Twitter? At Sharp Angle Pod. Okay, great. And I haven't even dropped our Twitter handle yet, and I just let Tyler <laughs> drop his. So let me get that real quick before we get on to any, any interview questions for you here, uh, Tyler. We are at Red Rock Sports 1. That's at Red Rock Sports 1. R-E-D-R-O-C-K Sports There you one. go. On the old Twitter. So tweeter. let's talk some abs. Yeah, we got you here really to talk abs. We don't need you to tell us how much smarter than you are when it comes <laughs> to the world of gambling. Uh, we all know that already. But you, you're, you've told me time and time again, one of your best sports to bet on, one of the sports you follow most closely is, is hockey. And obviously the Avalanche are looking strong this year. Uh, they've been a fun team to watch. You recently uh, came out with uh, through the sharp angle with your power rankings, listing the abs as the number one team on your power rankings. COVID situation coming up for the Avs right now. They, they've shut down for a few days, hopefully getting things cleared up. Does that impact your rankings whatsoever 
forward. Uh, I mean, it does impact the ratings. You know, you've got to stay on top of whatever's going on, whether it's injuries, you know, some of these trades that happened at the last trade deadline. But still, even with the injuries, I have the Habs, the best team in the NHL. And what's funny, a lot of people think that you live in Denver, so you may you may you must bet the Avs more. I was just going to say that the Nuggets more, <laughs> the Broncos more. But one of the things I take pride in what I do is some people let their fandom and their bias affect them, but I I, I actually take it the other way. I try and be yeah. really, really stingy about the Denver teams. I don't bet on the Avs unless it's a it seems to be uh, you know absolutely the right thing to do. The 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 Nuggets, the Rockies, the Broncos, the Buffs. You know, it, for all these Colorado teams, I try and go the other direction. Try and be extra hard on them, but well, just even, make sure you identify your bias. Absolutely, and I know a lot of yours is analytics based, which is real great. Yeah, I use a lot of computer stuff. I, uh, I do a lot of that pesky math that no one likes to do. You know, it makes it easy to quantify things. But either way, you you didn't up, have the Avalanche as number one earlier in the season, no, did you? No, no, no. The Avs were they've always been hovering their top five, but right now as we speak, even like you said, Jared, with injuries, uh COVID concerns, the Avs are still the number one team in the NHL right now. It's close. It's not like they're a clear number one, but uh the, right now they're the best team in the NHL given everything going on. So they're a very good team. They're uh, you know, even during their downtimes, I think this is this is what makes them so great. During their downtimes they're one of the best teams in their division. I mean, they're injured. They, you know, earlier in the year they had three or four defenders out. Keep in mind, you usually dress six defenders per night, and they really didn't miss too much of a beat. So, very good team right now. Best team in the NHL, in my opinion. Speaking specifically to this COVID situation and how it's going to impact uh, the Avalanche, they're all, they they had their uh, games postponed for like three or four days, which is going to double up some, you know, games in back to back days, back to back nights. Are you concerned about the momentum they may lose? They, the Avs have been 21-3-3 since February 26th. That is hot. That's fascinating. Yeah, no, it's Unreal. good. I mean, I'm not really concerned with the momentum. Here's a couple things. We, I don't think anyone should expect the Avs to really continue that. That's extremely hot. You know, that's a quarterback throwing for 450 a game. Eventually, it's going to come to an end. That doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad team. If you're a quarterback, you've got three games in a row you throw for over 450 yards. That fourth game where you throw for 375, that doesn't necessarily mean you're regressing, right? So just because the Avs are doing so well over the last couple months, we should expect them to kind of regress to the mean for for lack of a better term now listen listen they're still the best team in the nhl i'm not saying they're going to suddenly go 500 but they played a lot of anaheim ducks la kings san jose sharks keep in mind the avs play in a cupcake division right now when you look at the north the central the east the west there's no doubt the avs are in the easiest division right now so we play a lot of uh, we play st louis coming up we've got the the golden knights so i don't think it should continue regardless they've been hot do you think momentum is a real thing uh, yeah, I think it's certainly a real thing, but you know, taking a week off, I don't, I think that's always a little bit overdone. Now, look for a team like uh, maybe the Minnesota Wild, or if you look at the East, maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins. For a team like that, momentum means a lot more because the Avs are just so talented; they can overcome these gaps in momentum because they're so good. Other teams need momentum because they rely on that. The Avs are so talented. I think a week off, a couple, a little time off, it only helps them honestly getting healthy. That was the next question I wanted to ask. Could this be a positive for the Avalanche? Getting some rest, you yeah, know? Yeah, if, if anything, it Getting will be Grubauer, a positive. Getting Grubauer, who, by the way, yes. is one of the guys on this COVID list, he cannot play for a few days here. Is that maybe a good... He's played a lot exactly. of games. Exactly. This is, if anything, it's a positive. You know, getting healthy, getting 
getting these guys back. Grubauer, you mentioned. How about Jonas Donskoy? You know, no one talks about Jonas Donskoy. Uh, we, we're in Denver. We're submerged in Denver media. Have you guys heard anyone mention Jonas Donskoy all year? He's fourth in the Avs right now in goals. He's he For about a month there, he was a goal machine, and that's what the Avs have. All these different guys who can step up when people are injured. So, uh, no, I think the Avs are going to be just fine. This is a good thing for them. Grubauer should be back and healthy, but uh, deep team, and no, they won't be affected from any of this stuff. So Speaking of guys uh, ready to step up, the, the Avalanche have actually been pretty active at the trade deadline here, making some moves uh, probably most notably Devin and correct me if I'm pronouncing this wrong Dubnik yeah Devin Dubnik uh, talk to me about talk to the audience a little bit about him and and how he can really help them overcome this, this COVID shutdown here. you know goalies in the NHL it's so funny how much a goalie's skill set will change by sh- by switching a team or uh, how much it'll change by getting a new coach in there who may stress stress defense more I really think that of any sport in any position. I mean, you look at the world of sports, every position, I think goalie is the one position that's most affected by what's going on around you. There's not a better example than looking at a goaltender named Thomas Grice. Last year, he was with the New York Islanders, one of the best goalies in the league. This year, he's with Detroit, one of the worst goalies in the league, but that's just on stats. That's what you see on paper. What really matters is how do they play around you? How's the defense play? What style does your team play? Devin Dubnik, for the last couple years, was not in a great situation. He played most of his career with the Minnesota Wild. This year, he's been with San Jose. He just hasn't been in a great spot. So what I think we're going to see is kind of a, re- a resurgence from his career. I love Devin Dubna coming over. He's the exact piece the, the, the Avs needed. Honestly, if I were to say a month ago, we rewind the clock a month, six weeks, the one piece the Avs really needed that they were missing was that backup goaltender. You look at these other teams who are really competing at the top. First that comes to mind is Las Vegas in our own division. Las Vegas has the two best starting goaltenders of any team in the NHL when you look at how good they both are. Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard, those are two top 15 goalies. What the Avs did by getting Dubnik in, they now are in that pool where they have two very good goalies. We've seen Dubnik step up for a couple games. He'll play against the uh, uh, St. Louis Blues coming up here this week. I'm I'm thrilled with bringing in Dubnik as the backup goalie. He's going to do wonders. Now, can I ask you a question yeah. about that? Yeah. So, um, I know you you and I were actually talking a couple weeks back, and we were talking about your goaltender rankings, which are also analytics based, and it's all plays into your sports betting. Um, I remember you had, and this was a couple weeks ago, could change minorly, but you had Grubauer at 16. Yeah, he's 15th currently. So but yeah. 15th currently, yeah. uh, and then you had uh, uh, how do you pronounce Devin Dubnik? Devin Dubnik. Uh, you had him at, at 19. Yeah. Um, and then you had Johansson uh, down there at 41. Yeah. Um, so obviously, on paper, when I hear that, I say, hey, we got another solid starting goaltender on this team. Now, when I look as a, as a, as a hockey fan who really enjoys watching the game, but I don't really get into the betting aspect of it or, or really into the nuts and bolts, like kind of how I do with baseball and basketball, um, what is it specifically about the Avalanche, their personnel, whether it be personnel or style of play, that allows them to have? I mean, you look at uh, Grubauer's, you know, goals per game and his save percentage, and he is amongst the top few in the entire NHL. What is it about the Avalanche in particular that helps out the goaltender? Because, like you were just saying. It, it's affected so much by what goes on in front of them. So what is it about the Avalanche that allows them to have such great success this season with the goaltending Yeah, position? so a couple different things. This season specifically, I would say 
it's a lot due to these teams we're playing. You know, it's it's like I said earlier, the Avs have one of the easiest schedules in the NHL. But look, the Avs play the same teams that Vegas plays, things like that. So first, they're not playing the greatest offensive teams. Mm-hmm. But more than that, that's just the first thing I have to throw out there. Right, that's a fair. layer. Exactly. But more than that, it's a combination of things. I mean, first, the Avs have one of the best neutral zone traps in the NHL. The Avs don't okay. allow teams to get into the offense very easily, which doesn't allow them to create very high danger opportunities. A lot of these teams in the NHL who play the style the Avs do where they're really offensive, they give up a lot of chances on the other end. What the Avs can do really well actually doesn't happen in their offensive zone or even their defensive zone. It happens in the middle of the ice. Mm, Certain teams like Tampa Bay, the Avs, the Jets this year, they have what's called a great neutral zone trap. So the Avs just make teams really uncomfortable. I'd say that's their best quality. They make teams uncomfortable. Yes, the Avs are talented, but really when you look at the Avs roster, they've got a lot of two-way defenders who are great on offense. I mean... You know, Kale McCarr, Ryan right. Graves, you know, these guys can can score. They do a lot offensively as well. So it's not like we have these amazing defensive defenders and we stress defense. It's more about the neutral zone, how we make teams uncomfortable and just don't give up a lot of high danger opportunities. Now, as part of that strength, the avalanche speed... Is oh that, yeah, is that, is that what is that what allows them to be so successful? One hundred percent on trap. Yep, yep. That that the speed, the knowledge, they work very well together. You got to give Jared Bednar a lot of credit too. When he was hired, I had a lot of question marks, and that's what fans do. Hey, is this coach the right guy? Is this right, coach, right. Well, you know, we all know so much from our couch watching. These I mean, guys. but the name. I mean, it's just you had to know <laughs> and he, the accent. Eh? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know those can uh, yeah. uh, the accent. But look, he's done a great it. job, and he he he's one of the best at shifting lines up during the game. You you know, he'll pepper a little Landis Cog with McKinnon out there. And then in the second period, you know, uh, Landy's coming out on the second line. So uh, he's just has a real pulse on this team, knows how they play. But I'd say the big, the biggest thing is the Avs make teams really uncomfortable, don't give up a, a lot of a high danger chances. I heard something uh, the other day watching one of the games that I, I thought was crazy. I couldn't believe it that Jared Bednar is the winningest coach in, in Colorado. He has the most wins in, as a Colorado. Well, he's got one of the best teams I've ever had. That's yeah, for but sure. I just didn't feel like. He's been there for that long, and I know that the Avs have never been one to hold on for, to a coach for too long. Yeah, but that's crazy to me to think. Well, the, that. Other, the other coach that comes to mind is Joel Quenville. Right. You know, he was here for a long time, won a lot of games, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we haven't had that coach stick around. I'd like to see the Avs getting more of that Pittsburgh Steelers you know, yeah, mindset yeah, like where you're that. holding the coach, re-signing a coach. Bedner should be the guy, but it's funny, too, because it's not like Avalanche. We know. In, in Denver, let's let, let's be honest. The Avalanche are usually the number four team, right? It's not like fans are that rabid. Oh, replace the coach, replace the coach. So the fact that they are always replacing the coaches, it's kind of weird. There's no pressure to do so. Let's hope Bedner stays around for a while because there's no pressure coming from fans. All right, what about you, some of these other trades, Jared? Yeah, there's a couple other moves. We brought some here. familiar faces. Yeah, back, yeah. I know. Carl Soderberg is the name that really stood out to me, and then uh, also they traded for Patrick Nemeth, and Nemeth, and uh, I just yeah. Give us your take. Anything? Do those guys have any impact uh, for the Avs this year? Patrick Nemeth? He not really. You know, he's not going to get that much of, of a role. I mean, he'll slide in there. He'll play a little bit, but I wouldn't look for him to con- contribute that much. The Avs have so. I mean, the Avs are so deep. Wouldn't look for too much. And what about Soderberg? I know I love Carl Soderberg. I love his yeah. big fan favorite when he was here. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with Chicago. Chicago's fighting for a playoff spot. It was interesting to see them sell as much as they did. But, you know, he's one of those guys, uh, kind of like we talked about earlier, Jonas Donskoy, right? He fills in perfectly. And the Avs are, have a great knack of getting these guys who aren't necessarily top six forwards, but they can come in and fill in tremendously. And they're the Avs kind of remind me of the Patriots to where they get rid of these guys right before they kind of hit that wall. So you've seen it time and time again. Uh, I'm blanking on uh, uh, one of the names, but uh, 
the Avs had this great shooter a couple of years ago, and he was the number one. I'll, I'll look it up. I can't believe I don't remember it, but he's not a big name. He was the number one shooter in the NHL one year in terms of percentage. The Avs get rid of him, and he fell off a cliff. So the Avs do a good job getting rid of guys at the right time and bringing role players into the right time. So the player I'm most excited about is actually Carl Sodberg. I think he's going to do a great job filling in on that third, fourth line, and uh, he's going to be the biggest impact. So you mentioned something earlier that uh, about goalie being the most dependent position in sports. Oh, yeah, no doubt. We, we talked a lot earlier in the show uh, about the quarterback position and, and just how important that is to an NFL team. But Would you argue a goalie is more dependent on upon the players around him than a quarterback? Oh, I think 100% because... Look what happened with Tom Brady. You know, a, goal, uh, a goalie can't do that. Andre Vasilevsky right now, who plays for Tampa Bay, a lot of people think that these great stats, he plays for Tampa Bay, it's because he plays for a great team. Well, that's part of it, and he's a great goalie, right? If he goes to Detroit, he's not going to do a thing for that team. You know, if he goes to Ottawa, he's not going to do a thing for that team. A, a, a quarterback moves teams, and you can overnight go from 5-11 and 11 to 11-5. and 5. So, no, uh, quarterbacks... Or the I think I don't know about you guys I think they're in the most impactful position in sports. It's so, like quarterback and then a, a very far second will be point guard what, in basketball. What is more important to a team, mm. the quarterback for an NFL team or the goaltender for a hockey quarterback? Team? Much more important. Uh, 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 if the Avs right now got rid of both these goalies, bring in two goalies who haven't played with the Avs all year, as long as they're not really really bad goalies, the Avs would be fine. Now, how about goalie versus a pitching staff? Well, now we're getting the like rotation. Staff yeah, I, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to pick out one individual. No, pitcher I would say pitching staff still important days. because pitchers look. When you handicap a baseball game, the pitcher is forty percent of your handicap. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Huge, so, so I think the, the pitching or, or staff. how about how about instead of calling it a staff, let's just take one individual baseball game versus one individual hockey game. What's what's more? Would well, you say important well, to that? Well, now when you're going one individual game, I'd still go baseball because a pitcher mm-hmm. can have a no hitter and take it over. But look, we it's ve- that's a very close comparison a, okay. because hey, now we're getting there, Jerry. Exactly. In, in hockey, you can look at the playoffs and see some of these goalies take over and have you know 37, 38 save games with a shutout, and they can you know take a take a game, take a series over. But I find that in the in NHL playoffs, it's much more random. It's hard to predict who's going to come alive. It's not the same guys every year. It's much more random. So it's interesting, this whole goalie talk and how important they are. And look, for any aspiring goalies out there, I played goalie when I was a kid. I think they're important. Don't don't veer away from it. Goalies are still important. But I think that it's important to understand that in hockey, it really matters what the defense you, is doing. You know, of. I've always just wanted to see some team get like a you know like one of those guys on like my 800 pound life <laughs> i have always wondered why somebody wouldn't just get one of those just like, plug like up six the foot net. tall He's just wasting back there. i'm like i'm not talking 400 pounds i'm actually talking like 900 pounds right and just cart him out there like wheel him out plop him right in front of the net <laughs> Cover the entire thing. Is, I could I mean, see that working. Is there the anything illegal idea. against <laughs> that? I mean, it, it, it just fills up the net like a it just fills up the net like a thing of soft serve ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of got to jam them in, move some of those I mean, folds honestly, around to fill the hole. Not the worst idea ever. I don't know why they haven't done that. Yeah, I've always thought, like, why why hasn't that existed? Well, there's got to be some human being they out there that could just cover it. When they do have to eventually pull the goalie, he's got to skate over. Oh so man, could you imagine? Like, toss a rope out, heave <laughs> him back in, pull the rope in, yeah, that's <laughs> get a big bungee cord. Uh, you got to have one guy on your team just dancing around <laughs> with the puck, so the rest of your team can go drag the exactly, goalie off the exactly. ice. Well, hey Tyler, that was good stuff, man. We 
really appreciate you joining us today. One more time, give us the plug for your for your show for us, uh, Sharp Angle. Every single day on your favorite podcast player, wherever you can listen to this podcast, you can listen to that. It is called the Sharp Angle Podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter at Sharp Angle Pod. And, and uh, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, I would love to have Tyler come back on and talk a little bit about the expansion draft too, as we and, get and, going. And we yeah. will. This is going to be a regular segment for us, not each and every week, but from time to time, we're going to bring Tyler on. Like I said, he's a part of the Woos Media family. We're all close friends with him. We love talking sports. He he know he's forgotten more about sports than most of us know. So thanks again for joining us, Tyler. <laughs> we appreciate you you being on here. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, guys. Um, That's going to do it for today's show here. Uh, We appreciate everyone stopping in. If you guys want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Red Rock Sports. Again, that's single with Red Rock Sports 1, the number one at the end there. For Ryan Smith, Connor Holskamp, I'm Jared All. Thanks for stopping by. Thank you.